Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio, episode number 240 of the world's most dangerous podcast. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, with me again this week, just a big, huggable, cuddly teddy bear, Bill Lack. That's me, an old... Stuffing, falling out, cuddly teddy bear. Oh, come on now, Teddy Ruxpin. Um, we're, let's talk about the Reds. I want to talk about the Reds. I don't even know who Teddy Ruxpin is. Oh, my gosh. You were not a child of a certain, certain era. Um, I'll discuss that off the air. We're here to talk about the Reds. And the first thing I want to talk about, first of all, before we do anything else, is uh, about Reds Fest this week. I, I did go to Reds Fest, and I wanted to say thank you to all the people that came out, got some books signed, and... Uh, it really just every time I do one of these book signings, I'm blown away. I bet 75% of the people that came by to talk, maybe not quite that many, but a, a, an astounding number of people mentioned the podcast and how they listen to the podcast and helps them get through their commute on Fridays. And I, I got to tell you, all that really means just the, the world to hear that. So, Bill, people are evidently listening to this podcast. Can you believe that? I can't figure out why. <laughs> now, you didn't go to Red's Fest. I did. And I'm, I'm going to tell you, I was a little bit. I, I was surprised. I probably should not have been, but I was a little surprised. Um, the crowds weren't what I was expecting. It hadn't been a few years since I'd been to Reds Fest, but, you know, uh, certainly the uh, Reds have been terrible lately, combined with uh, the first item of business we're going to talk about this week in terms of player news. Combined to be, uh, I don't know, we, we talked a lot at the end of the season, I guess let me frame it to you in this way, about the apathy how Reds fans are becoming apathetic. And I kind of saw that this week, and it's really kind of sad, isn't it? Yeah, it really is. But hopefully, you know, maybe when things will turn the corner here, I'm, I'm trying to be optimistic. Uh, I've never been to Reds Fest. Uh, and, and we were talking off air that, you know, I expected it to be more mostly kids, and you said that's not the case. Well, there are a lot of kids, um, and certainly there's some things for the kids. But there, it seems to me like two-thirds of the uh, people that are there are there to get – their autographs or there to get, you know, a picture taken with uh, certain guys or there to buy memorabilia. Um, that's just my, I don't have any uh, data on that. That's what it seems like to me. Um, maybe it's just that the places where I go, kids run the other way. So I, yeah, so it could be, you know, uh, you know, everybody runs from Johnny law, you know, <laughs> something like that. So, <laughs> Um, I was disappointed with the crowds, not disappointed with the turnout to see me and Chris Garbers. We were signing uh, our book. Uh, have you heard about this book, Bill? Um, I, I think I heard something about it. It's the Big 50, the Men in Motion. Oh, that yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, anyway, but so nice of you all to, to just to say hi and to, uh, and to mention the podcast. And I know that uh, Bill and, and Jason Linden also agree um, that they uh, really appreciate all the kind words. Um so, so was was Billy Hamilton at, at Reds Fest? Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton. Now don't cry. Don't cry on the air. Billy Hamilton. Do, do you remember Billy Hamilton? I remember Billy Hamilton playing for the Dragons. <sighs> Billy Hamilton is a comic book superhero, but... He's been kicked out of the Marvel Comics universe. Well, he's been kicked out of the Cincinnati Reds universe anyway. Yeah, I'm, I assume you saw this uh, news this week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Billy Hamilton, my favorite Cincinnati Red, 
was uh, the Reds non-tendered him. And what that means is the Reds have decided not to offer him arbitration. He, uh, the Reds and Hamilton could have gone to arbitration where an arbitrator would have picked uh, Billy's salary for this year and it would have been his final year with the Reds uh, in 2019. Instead, the Reds have chosen not to go to arbitration. So when by non-tendering him, by not tendering him an offer, it means that Hamilton is immediately a free agent. And uh, we can talk about the ramifications of this. Uh, the, the long and the short are, the, Hamilton was projected to make between 6 and $7 million next year in arbitration uh, after making four and a half last year. And uh, the Reds don't have a starting center fielder as it is. Were you as stunned as I was when this news was announced, Bill? No. <laughs> really? And I don't think you were that stunned. I was stunned. Really? Yes. Yes. Very much so. Can you? Does that mean that you would argue that you, you would argue that it's an illogical move? No, no. Um, I think it's the, the right move, and I say that. I think I've got some credibility to say that because I've been as big a fan as Billy as anybody uh, around. Okay, so, so you're surprised just because of the way the Reds have dealt with these things in the past? Yeah, I'm just surprised they did. This is not a move that we've become accustomed to seeing the Cincinnati Reds front office make. Uh, would you agree with that? Yes, absolutely. And so, that, to me, that's um, why it was stunning. I can't, rem- I can't remember, off the top of my head, the last time the Reds non-tendered a player of this—I won't say caliber in the right word, but at least the this much public persona. Yeah, I mean, he's a, he is clearly a fan favorite. Not that there's that many fans coming to the the game. And, and to that point, I was talking with Doug Gray at Reds Fest, and he said he was in line. And someone, I guess, picking up tickets or something, we'll call. I don't know where, uh, but a guy was in front of him with two kids and um, in whatever line they were in. And the two kids had on Billy Hamilton, those, you know, jerseys. Uh, um, both, yeah. the, both the kids had the, their Hamilton shirts on. And he pulls it. He says the guy, he, Doug had gotten a, a notification, guess at the same time. The guy pulls out his phone and sees the notification about Billy Hamilton. And turns well, that's right. They did do it the Friday of Reds Fest, didn't they? Yes. And so he turned to tell the kids, and Doug said the kids were not pleased. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, that, the fact that kids are not pleased should not matter. You know, you're gonna make, you need to make a, a sound baseball decision either way. But that's part of the reason why I'm surprised the Reds would do something like this. I just, I've, I've, it's been a long time since the Cincinnati Reds front office would have just dumped, you know, their starting center fielder. But, I agree. But it's clearly the right move, right? Uh, I, I think it's hard to argue that if you, if you, if you've set a payroll number and I'm assuming the Reds have set a payroll number. I, but, I, I assume and, there's a target. Yeah. Yeah. And how, you know, how rigid it is, who knows? Um, I, I would hope that there's some wiggle room since they're talking about free agency. Um, but, you know, you know how much you're going to put into each position, you would assume. And they, they weren't going to overspend for Billy Hamilton. And, and, and like you said, you know, you can't – I guess somebody could probably argue the logic of the move, but, you know, that, that it's not the right move statistically or whatever. But I, you'd have a hard time convincing me. Yeah, I, I don't think the Reds have. I don't think whatever their payroll target is, I think they can spend as much as they want, frankly. But that being said, the resources available to spend on payroll are not uh, infinite. 
they're finite. And and paying seven million dollars to a guy really should be a backup outfielder. There's not a lot. Yeah. Of, there's not a lot of teams around that are gonna gonna do that. And to the extent that uh, Billy Hamilton gets paid that much in, in a free agent contract, it's gonna be from some team who's on the border of being a a world champion. And just you know, they're trying to fill out a position. This is a guy that can help them in pinch running situations and as a defensive replacement. And you know, but for a starting center fielder, he didn't make sense for the Reds. And uh, the Reds clearly needed to upgrade there. And so if you're if you're really judging him by what he is, which is a fourth outfielder at best, it's tough to it's tough to even not just because the Reds are quote unquote small market, which I don't believe necessarily. I just think it's hard for anybody to justify paying that amount for a player who brings to the table what Billy brings. And I say that with all the love in the world because he's, my, like I said, love watching that guy when he's doing his thing. He just doesn't do it often enough to be worth that kind of money to anyone. So, but then now there's, there's talk, and the Reds have said this publicly, that, uh, you know, if we can, Dick Williams, general, uh, president of baseball operations, Dick Williams has said, you know, We'd always like to maybe see if there's another number we could uh, agree on to, to bring him back. And I don't have a problem with that. But uh, at this point, it's, it will be clear to everyone involved that he's not your starting center fielder uh, by de facto. Well, and I agree with you. I don't have a, a huge problem with it, depending on the number and depending on circumstances of bringing him back. But the also, this also could have been throwing a bone to the owner, too, you know. Who's a you know according to all reports is a huge Billy fan you know even bigger than you <laughs> right yeah uh, somebody suggested to me and I thought it was an interesting theory I can't remember who, who suggested it but just that uh, David Bell David Bell in the organization now he has some of the uh, you know um, the Bell family uh, shine to him and that he might have been the perfect person to get this past Castellini. You know, I don't know. It, uh, just that there might be a different dynamic because he's because David Bell's in the mix now. The Reds. Well, and, and you would assume that there were some some promises or or some discussions made about the ability of of the manager in the front office to make player decisions where apparently they hadn't been made in the past few years, and we've seen how that has worked out. Yeah, I mean, uh, clearly there've been all kinds of reports from from. You know, three or four different national reporters that uh, the Reds had uh, tried to trade Billy, but that Castellini had sort of blocked any types of deals. So just the fact that there's something going on there in the front office to where this type of a, you know, I wish they could have traded him for something at some point. I doubt there's much value for him on the trade market right now. I'm sure. Well, you, you always you always hate to see him let a guy walk without getting anything for him. I can't imagine they would have let him just go, though, if, there was any kind of a market for him, just, you know, take whatever I, I, you can get. I agree completely. So that shows what his market is. And, uh, and Billy might be surprised at how this new sort of analytical MLB now values his services when he hits the free agent market. He, he may, well, nobody's picked him up yet. Not yet. Um, so it's just, I, you know, I don't know. Um, there are lots of questions surrounding it. And in order to answer some of those questions, I thought it might be a good idea to go ahead and dive right into, uh, some viewer mail, Bill. Uh, there he goes again. First question from John Juan. My question is, if Mike Trout all of a sudden became available, what would be the best offer you would give the Angels for him? Any four guys you want. <laughs> yeah, you pick. 
Um, all right, John, thanks for the question, but uh, come on. come on, We're not getting Mike Trout. Oh, how I wished. I, I would give whatever it took to get him if the Reds could get him. I'd, be, I'd get season tickets tomorrow. It, to see Mike Trout play 81 times? Can you yep. imagine? Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah. All right, so uh, some other questions about Billy Hamilton. Um, let's see here. We'll answer one from Peter Sammons. Peter Simmons uh, says, Chad, I'm sorry for your loss. Yeah, I'm going to miss Billy. Did, did you know that I really liked Billy Hamilton? Really? How could like, you tell? I was like the lone adult voice in the wilderness. Um, yeah, you and 27,000 kids. Well, and that's something what Peter says here. Do you think the Reds could sign Billy to a small million-dollar deal since he's so popular and use him as a bench player? They asked kids at Reds Fest who their favorite player was, and about half said Billy. Awkward, says Peter Sammons. Thanks for your question, Peter. Uh, my opinion, a small million-dollar deal? No, someone's going to pay more than that, likely. And uh, Billy has a right to decide if he wants to sign that deal. Him being so popular is not going to really have anything to do with it. They're going to have to pay him if there's somebody else willing to pay for his services. So um, Billy's not going to go where he's popular. He's going to go where they, he gets paid. That's my opinion. What yeah, I mean, I, I tend to agree with you. you know, I looked at this question a little differently. You know, I threw, I threw a million ounces to a smaller deal. You know, if it's the best deal he gets offered and he comes back here, you know, I wouldn't have a problem. I wouldn't have a problem with him coming back here, depending on what the Reds decided to do in center field. Yeah, the, the, well, the last part of Peter's question and use him as a bench player is key. Sure, bring him back. Yeah. I, I, I'm fine having him on the team. He he just does not need to be. He's not the. He's not a starting center fielder for a competitive major league team at this point. It's clear. Yep. Sad, but it's clear. So, um, that he, is, he just never. He never became the hitter that they thought he would develop into. No, no, and you know, um, it's been obvious for a while that that was never going to happen. He showed some. And, brief, brief and honestly, last year his base running wasn't what they. They come to expect. That's part of it. It's got to be part of it too. He didn't steal bases this year. Yeah. So yeah. And, and if I remember right. A, a large part of it was going first to second. So small outfield, not stealing bases the way he used to, still not hitting. It's tough to justify paying that much for a guy that really you can't justify starting in center field going forward. Um, let's see. Uh, all right, two questions, sort of in. Uh, in conjunction, uh, well, I, sh- I actually should have given you JP's question in conjunction with Peter's. Uh, first of all, JP asks, does Chad handing the reins over of resignation means he admits defeat in the raging listener mail debate? And of course, JP's uh, referring to the fact that I have handed the reins of com over to Doug Gray. Um, what do you think, Bill? Should I admit defeat in the uh, listener mail versus viewer mail debate? If you ever admit defeat in anything, that'll be the first damn time I've ever heard about it. That is a fact. And so JP <laughs> asks, are the Reds trying to bring Billy back at a lower rate? The free agent center fielders seem lackluster at best. The uh, I'll tell you this. Um, I know for a fact the Reds would like to bring him back if possible, but it's going to depend on the numbers because Dick Williams said as much. Um, but the free agent center fielders, so there, is a, there is one that I'm really interested in. Uh, and that leads to our question from Jared. Jared asks... Hey, Chad and Bill, do you think the Reds should sign a temporary center fielder such as Andrew McCutcheon for one to two years until Taylor Trammell is ready? Or should they go for someone longer term like a Pollock, A.J. Pollock, or Bryce Harper, 
Sorry for your loss, Chad. Billy Hamilton will always hit sub 250 in our hearts. Oh, thank you for the kind words, Jared. Um, and this is the this is the real question, I think, after we discuss our shock or lack thereof about the Reds actually non-tendering Hamilton. Here's the question. Who's your center fielder now? you have any thoughts about that? Well, first, uh, the way the question is worded is kind of funny because he's, he's, he's putting A.J. Pollock and, and Harper into the same <laughs> right. breath. And, and that's just silly. Um, in fact, I saw today, I saw some talk today that Harper might go to the Cardinals. That's just what I don't want to see. Um, but, it would, but it wouldn't completely surprise me. <clears throat> um, it'll be, it, I, I have no clue what the Reds are going to do. Whether, you know, we brought, we, I, as far as I know, we were the first people to talk about this when Chris Welsh brought it up last year during the season about Senzel possibly playing center field. He, Chris Welch said it long before you heard anybody from the Reds say it. If, they're, if that's a serious plan, they're still going to have to bring somebody in here just in case it doesn't work out. And for the fact that Senzel is in trouble staying healthy. Um, okay, stop right there. But, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. But the... the the big question to me is going to be what you said. Is Senzel ready? I mean, that's the only question as as far as I'm concerned. If Senzel can handle it, then it should be Nick Senzel's yeah. job. And I think you and I have talked about this in the past, and, and, and you probably have talked about it with other people also. Is, is it too much to expect a guy to get used to playing in the big leagues and learning a new position at the same time? And center fields, you know – is not an easy position. The outfield position is the most difficult position to learn. And well, and that goes back to what irritated us about what went on in the off season, or in the last season, which is that they didn't yep. even try Senzel at a place he might be able to play in the big league. I mean, not even a single rep. And so, and you have to wonder if maybe that's not part of the reason why some of the minor league guys have been moved around and got new guys in place in the development uh, spots. Um, so I think that's your first question: Can Nick Senzel handle it? They're not going to know that until this spring. And really, and this is a perfect reason for them to keep him down at the beginning of the season, as we knew they would anyway. But um, but but they'll know. He'll get out to spring training early. They'll know pretty quickly whether or not he's capable of handling it. And uh, if he's capable athletically and you know uh, arm and everything of handling it, I think you may have some growing pains. But you have to sort of let him grow in, in the job and just hand it to him. That's my opinion. And uh, you know. And so then Scott Schebler maybe plays center fielder a little bit early in the season until it's time to bring Sinzel up. But if Sinzel can play it, you've got your everyday center fielder. Period. Now, if you're not convinced that he can play it, then you've got lots of other questions. Where does he play? Because he's got to be in the big leagues this year. Um, and so they got to answer those questions, too. We'll talk about that on another podcast. If he's not available, then I think the Reds are going to be doing – I expect they've been doing anyway in the last couple uh, years, which is seeing, seeing who's available in trade. I'm sure they will be in the active market for a free agent or for a center fielder that you can trade for. It would have been nice for them to go out and get the guy that I told them to go get last year. Remember Christian Yelich? Yeah, he did all right. Yeah, his name is different than it was when I said the Reds should go get him. His name one year later is National League MVP Christian Yelich. <sighs> Are you going to hurt yourself, you know, patting yourself on the back that hard? 
I'm just I'm it it's really difficult to always be right, but for the Reds not to recognize that. It hurts. They so, should just have you on a bat phone. <laughs> yes. Uh absolutely. So listen. I mean, but you know what though? <clears throat> Looking at the at the other the free agent options for center field. Now and I don't have any idea how much he'd cost. But I'll tell you what. I'd make a run at Andrew McCutcheon. I would rather have A.J. Pollock. Oh, I wouldn't. McCutcheon's better offensively. Uh, he's not been the last. He, he was this past year. And I, the re, But the reason I say this, I don't know that McCutcheon can play center field anymore. How I think he could have. I think he could have great American. Well, maybe. Maybe. And, and. I think he's a better corner outfielder if he, if if let's say Senzel does take to, take the center field job, then he gives you a better option in the corner outfield spots. Well, he's also thirty two. He's thirty two. I, I think a two year deal, I'd do it in a heartbeat for the right money. Well, I'd like to have had him about ten years ago. Well, he's a he. And he the other thing is, he's a Reds killer. He is. He's, he's, I can't tell you how many I can't tell you how many games I've been to where he homered late to either tie or beat the Reds. He's the one of those guys. There's always a few guys for years. You know, this is the, who's the, who's the guy out there that you would love to see on the Reds more than anyone. And he was at the top of my list for a long yep. time. Yep. Um, just uh, would love to have seen him. So yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't mind. I think either of those. It's going to depend on the dollars. Um, yeah. And my pro- my biggest problem with Pollock is he can't stay healthy. Yeah. No, I think I agree. I agree, but now he's also. But, but like you said, it's gonna. It, a lot of it has to do with money. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. They could get that. They could get that trout guy. Yeah, we heard about that. Hey, Bryce Harper, go get him. You want? You yeah. Want, he doesn't play much center field these days, actually. But go get Bryce Harper. Why not? Why aren't the Why aren't the Reds competitive for players like that? Well, and it's funny, and and, and we, we you and I talked offline earlier today, and you said you hadn't read the article that Steve. I've read it by wrote. now. Yeah. Oh, have you? Okay. Basically, what Steve's point is is they can spend whatever they want to spend. This is a, an article that's up at RedLegNation dot com today by Steve yeah. Mancuso. Yeah. And, and and basically, you know, he, he and he pulls out the numbers and, and really shows that you know this break even policy of the Reds is a bunch of hooey. It's completely ridiculous. You know, when when they're, when they're, when the when the when the franchise is increasing in value every year, dramatically, hundreds of millions. Yeah, to you know, probably more than the cost of the payroll. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, to say that you don't have the money to spend is just it's just horse hockey in the moral words of of Henry Potter, of Colonel Potter on Mash. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's just uh, you don't want to spend it. It's not that you can't. Right. You don't want to put that money back into the club, uh, you know, um, because really it's, it's not going in their pockets right now, but it is ultimately in terms of how the, uh, franchise is growing in value. And so can you imagine the splash if the Reds were to get somebody like that? What's the biggest free agent signing the Reds have ever made? Eric Milton. No. Um, Dave Dave Parker, Dave Parker. I don't know who that is. Is that a former Red? You don't know who Dave Parker is? No. Did he used to play for the Reds? Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. MVP with the Pirates came to the Reds. Was he good? 
yeah, he was he was all right. <laughs> no, he's uh, he was amazing, and yeah, that's probably that's probably the biggest one. That's the biggest the biggest one, and, and the biggest impact free agent they've ever signed. But you know what I think about that? Um, that's a Cincinnati guy. Yep. I'm sick of us always, uh, you know, waiting in the uh, shallow end of the pool. We got to get some guys giving us some kind of a hometown discount. The well, the other the other thing was in that case, though, Parker's Parker's career was in shambles mm-hmm. when he came to the Reds. He'd had the drug issues in Pittsburgh and blah blah blah, and and, and you know, right? So, so they're getting got a discount. They're always uh, bottom feeding. Yeah. I'm I'm ready for the Reds to be serious and really, you know, uh, let's let's play on the same playing field as other other clubs. Well, and I'm not disagreeing with you, but they're, they're far from the only team that that operates that way. I agree. The teams, the teams that go after these big names, you can count them on just about one hand. Yeah, you're going out in and out a little bit again here, Bill. Um, but uh, you're right. But I look at a team like the Brewers. How can the Brewers go out and trade for um, Yelich and uh, sign Lorenzo Cain? You can do it if you want to be competitive. You do it. Anyway, I know it's it's a little a little bit of this is me dreaming, but you know if if Bryce Harper were the guy that really fits with the Reds, and I don't know that he is, you know, I guess he fits with anybody, and he's a guy that's still really going to be in his prime for a while. Uh, sometimes you got to overpay a little bit. I don't know that I really want the Reds to go out and do that. There, there are maybe some better ways to spend that money and improve the team, but I don't like the idea that the Reds are automatically out of the race for any big free agent. I it's just I don't think they have to be. I, you know, you can make great arguments why they shouldn't be on certain free agents, but I don't think the Reds have to be. And I think that's sort of what Steve's piece at RedLegNation.com today was saying, which is that the Reds have the money if they want to spend it. This is a billion-dollar yeah, corporation. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree. I really <clears throat> thought it was a real, well-written, well-thought-out article, and, and it, it made a lot of good points. So, yeah. And to that point, let's go to a couple more uh, questions. Uh First one comes from Philip Razor, um, dear Mister Dotson, and this week's co-host. That's you, Bill. Mister Dotson, yeah, he doesn't right. know you. That's a fact. Um, <laughs> with Patrick Corbin signing for six years and 140 million, I don't know if you saw that, Bill. Uh, Patrick Corbin, yep. the Diamondbacks signed with, sort of surprised me a little bit with the Nationals. With him signing for six and 140, what's the most you would uh, pay in guaranteed money? What's the most? You- Boy, someone needs to teach Philip how to write. With Corbin signing for six one forty, what is the most you would in guaranteed money you would be willing to go for Dallas Keuchel? Philip, I love you, buddy, but uh, maybe proofread. It was short and pithy, though. <laughs> Let's give him that. It was it was short and pithy, like I requested. But uh, what's the most you'd go for Dallas Keuchel? Some of the rumors were that Keuchel would get somewhere in the neighborhood of four years, eighty million. Um, I would do that. No questions asked. I'd go five ninety-five. I wouldn't go more than four. I would. He's what thirty? He's thirty-one, I think. I I would would if that's what it took to get him. I mean, I think yeah, I, but, that's yeah, what, but you don't have to worry about running the team in that fifth year. Yeah, but okay, what are we talking about here? I, he's going to get that from someone. Are the Reds just going to just say I'm not going to? If you're trying to get a free agent, you overpay. That's what free agency is. You well, you, well, if you're, yeah, but Chad, if you go by your way of thinking, then there's no top end of the scale. You you can't. You're saying you can't be outbid. 
if there's somebody that's going to help the team, you have to be the top bidder. If this is the guy you've identified yeah, as the guy. Be, but there has to be an amount of money that you're not going to pay. Okay, so then we'll never get a free agent. No, that's not true. Yeah, that's what you're saying. No, that's what, you, what you're saying is there'll never be a free agent you won't get. No, I'm not saying to go get all of them. I'm saying if this is the guy, this is the, the one guy, you're going to have to pay for him. And you can't say, well, <laughs> that's that's more than he's probably going to be worth in that last year. You do it. To, to get oh, Joey oh, Votto. you say that's more than he's going to be worth to us. <laughs> okay, right. Well, yeah, you got to make that decision. But that's what that's, I'm, I'm saying at the outset. We've made the decision that Keiko's the guy to go get. Then you go get him. And I'm not, I, I think, I'm not yeah. saying there's no limit. I'm not saying give him 20 years and $6 billion. But whatever the market bears for Dallas Keuchel, you pay it. Whatever his so market no value what, is. So no matter what the highest bid is, you'd go, high, you'd go one higher. Well, the highest bid is the market value. Yes, I pay him his market value. If you're not willing to pay market value, then you're never going to get in on any free agent. That's what I'm saying. If it ta- you know, if it takes five it's, years, you're, boy, you're easy with other people's money. Sure, absolutely. I'm not coming out of my pocket. I, I, I just, I just, you know, you have to set a budget or an amount that you're willing to spend, and and there has to be an amount you won't go above. Okay. I mean, that, that that's just logic. Then you're going to lose that's- every free agent to the Yankees or the Dodgers. Or in this case, the Nationals. Or the Nationals. Man, is there rotation going to be something? Oh, man. No, that's a, whew, I'm not looking forward to playing them. No. You hope you catch them on the number four and five days. Yeah, that National League East could be kind of fun to watch with the young Braves team and the Nationals. and Well, the Mets. The are Phillies there. want to spend some money. The Phillies are willing to spend, and you still have the, the Marlins and the Mets. The Mets should be able to spend money. But they're just well, and they're, so and they're going run. out and making deals. They're trying, but they're just so poorly run. It's crazy. Um, so well, then, what's the most you would go for Kyle? You said just four years is all you would go. I'm, what, what's what's your let's get your answer to that question. Probably ninety. Four years, ninety million. Something around that, around that, around that number. But you would not go five and ninety-five. I, I have a I have a real hard time going above four years for any pitcher. Okay, Somebody, I just think it bites you in the ass in the long run. You're probably right, but somebody's going to offer him more than four years. Is my is I, I, I'll guarantee it. Dallas Keuchel will sign at least a five-year contract. Somebody will give it to him, and maybe you're right. Maybe the Reds shouldn't ever do that. You know. I just think when you're talking about free agents, we're not, we're not talking about actual value so much as we're talking about market value. Right. And sometimes you, you're going to have to overpay a little bit to get those good first few years of the contract. Sort well, of like, there's overpay a little bit, and then there's losing your mind, too. Well, it's the, justifi- yeah. it's the justification for the uh, Joey Votto contract. Let's overpay him early. And, yeah, he's not going to be worth it later in the contract. Although with Joey Votto, you never know. But he will have earned, and he's already earned his contract by actual value. Um, even Brandon Phillips, that contract we complained about. If you go straight by, uh, you know, what wins what is replacement three? is of, is valued as on the free agent market, he earned that contract with his early years in that con- contract extension, even though he's awful the last couple. So, 
yes, I think you got to overpay. If you're not, you're just going ahead and assuming that you're never going to get in on the free agent uh, sweepstakes. And it's not always <coughs> a good idea to get in on the free agent sweepstakes, but I think for certain targeted guys, you've got to say, okay, I understand I'm going to have to overpay. Um, Let's see. I, I bet we've got another good viewer mail question to answer because you love the viewer mail questions. Yeah, I, I love them. Um, <laughs> here's one from Christopher Chestnut. It's a good name there. Christopher Chestnut. If that is your real name. If that is your real name. Thanks for the entertaining podcast to help me get through my drive to work. My question is if you think the Reds would have any interest in the 27-year-old Southpaw Yusei Kikuchi. The Japanese pitcher posted a record of 14-4 and with a 3.08 ERA, 153 strikeouts in 163 and two-thirds innings. Last season's career stats, 73-46 with a 2.77 ERA. Uh, with the shoulder issues he's dealt with over his career, do you see the Reds throwing their hat in the ring on him? If he's not a good fit for the Reds, where do you think he could end up? I bet you've got an answer ready on this one. I love the guy and what I know of him. And he's, you know, he's young. You know, he's still on the right side of 30. You know, I would love to see them bring in a couple of pitchers that are on the right side of 30. It'd be nice, wouldn't it? Um, well, you know, I, the, kid, the kid with the Mets that's supposed to be on the market, I'd over, I'd overpay in a trade for him. Yeah, yeah. Noah Syndergaard. I would, too. Yeah. Um, uh, although there's some talk now that maybe the Mets aren't serious about trading him. But if so, I think you got to go all out to get that guy. Because um, he's a legitimate ace in a, in a market where there aren't that many of those. You right. Know, uh, I, I don't know if the Reds have any interest. I imagine they're kicking the tires on Kikuchi. Uh, but I do know that the Reds have uh, decided over the last uh, probably 18 months, I think, to ramp up their scouting department in, in, uh, in Asia. And so, uh, because if you think about it, uh, think of all the great players that have come from, you know, Korea and Japan and, uh, the Reds are nowhere on any of them ever. And so yeah, I read the other, I read the other day that the, I think the Reds are the only team to never have a Japanese player. Yeah. They went in on Shohei Otani last year. They tried, they weren't anywhere in the mix, but they, they did make a legit offer and tried to get it, put a package together to attract him. So I think they're changing and, and they, I don't know what's taken them so long because, frankly, there are you know only a limited number of markets where you can get players. You got to be active in all of them. And they've done a pretty good job in Cuba. Uh, they need to do a better job in Latin America as a whole, um, and they need to do a better job in Asia. So it'll be interesting to see them get a guy like this. Um, I don't know if this is the guy, but it's it's sort of stark. They've never had a Japanese player. I mean, that that's almost mind-boggling. It really is. It really is. Um, so I don't know. That, that would also, I don't know what he's going to cost, but that would yeah. also be another way to, you know, a creative way to get a new, another pitcher in here. And the Reds are going to have to get some more pitchers in here. All right. Thanks for the question, uh, Mr. Chestnut, if that is your real name. Next question from, uh, and the, I'm not sure how many of the rest of these questions we're going to be able to get through because I got to remind you. It makes it a lot easier for us to get your viewer mail question on the air if you make your uh, your emails short and pithy. Pithy. Short and pithy. Uh, it's a word. Um, Jason Linden, he's an English teacher. He taught me. All right, so Brandon Taylor. Question from Brandon Taylor. 
Brenda's question. By, and you can email us at, well, Chad Dotson at redlegnation.com. That's how you get your question on the podcast. We try to answer as many as we can. I read all of them, and we'll answer as many as we can. Brandon, here's my viewer mail question where I am hopeful for a viewer mail answer. The question centers around simply what would it take in rotation changes for the Reds to be in real playoff contention? I've thought for several months it would take two upgrades. In the recent podcast, you guys said you could live with uh, uh, Dallas Keuchel and Matt Harvey if that's what the Reds ended up doing. Just in my humble opinion, I don't think that would be good enough since that's really only one upgrade in reality. Harvey's not an addition or upgrade from last season. If the Reds did this, I think the playoff contention chances still rely too much on Hope with some of the other rotation pieces, including Harvey himself. After all, Hope is not a strategy, as you have accurately pointed out. For what it's worth, I'd be thrilled if they signed Dallas Keuchel. Not being negative, but ultimately as a fan, I'd like to see him return to the playoffs. So that's really what my question's about. Your loyal viewer, Brandon Tether. Thanks for the question, Brandon. And that brings up this question. I wanted to get into it, even though it's a little bit long, because it points out this uh, article. I think that John was John Fay wrote that one in the Inquirer. Uh, Let's see. no, Nightingale yeah, wrote it. I think. No, no it was Fay. Yeah, yeah, it was Fay. See, you tried to argue with me, but I was right again. I never tire of getting being right, actually. Oh my lord! <laughs> how does your wife? How does your wife live with you? <laughs> well, it's touch and go, buddy. It's touch and go. <laughs> um, it was a piece where the essence of the article and the quotes were that. Eh, well, the headline, the headline, the new Reds' new era rests on coaches getting more out of the current players, and you have you've texted me several times over this off season, the same variations of, oh man, they're, they're really starting to get me excited and that worries me or something like that, you know, but this yep. was, but then when we saw this, your text was something like, there he goes again. Same there old they reds, go you know? again. <laughs> I mean, right. Is that, was that your, was that your thought? Same thing we've seen yeah, it before. It really was. I mean, it, it you know, it, it, it you know, it, it gives me back. It reminds, honestly, it reminds me of the bangs. Oh, we're going to have, we're going to coach them up, you know, and they're going to be a lot better players and blah, blah, blah. And, and, and there's, I'm not say, denying that there's something to this, but this can't be the overall strategy of improving this team. You know, not when you've been saying we're going to go, we're going to go out. Everybody from the owner to the GM, to everybody, we're going to go out and bring in some better pitchers. And then to read this, it's kind of disconcerting. You know, now you know, hopefully Romano and Molly and these guys will be better. But the article was like a kick in the gut, you know. Right, we're looking for, we're looking for a, a new crop of uh, players in here, and then it's quote after quote of, well, let's see here. Um, I just think this new group of coaches. This is Dick Williams. I just think this new group of coaches really has the opportunity to impact the returning players. We're really counting on the coaches to continue to maximize the value of the returning players. Got a lot of assets that are underdeveloped. That's going to be a part of the success this year, unlocking that value. And he, he had some quotes a few days before, similar stuff. And I, I got to tell you. If your strategy to be a contending team this year includes that we're going to coach these guys up, as you said, then you are delusional. I think the Reds need to go into this season presuming that everybody they have is going to perform exactly what the back of their baseball card says they're going to do. Well, to quote an article, a line from another part of the article that ought to concern us too. And I just saw a ticker go by that said Paul Goldschmidt just got traded to the Cardinals. <laughs> oh my God! <clears throat> what happened? Uh, oh. 
but this line says, but 20 or so of the players on the on the roster that will break camp at the end of March will be players from the current team. 20 of 25. Yeah. That's... Of a team that lost 90 games last year. For the fourth consecutive year. And you think you're going to have a, you're going to put a lot better product on the field? And we talked about that. And I remember when the Reds were playing the Phillies one time this year, and they said that they had, I think it was 21 of 25 guys were new on there. They turned like 20 or 21 guys over on the, on the team in one year. And we're talking about bringing 20 back. It, it sort of shows yeah. who's serious about uh, being competitive. It's, you know, it's the same song, you know, it's the same song, different day. Yeah. Well, it's, it's what I've been saying. If you're saying that a big part of, and this is not just, I'm not reading between the lines here. This is literally what he said. Uh, what Dick Williams said is that we're counting on the coaches uh, maximizing the value of the returning players. That's part of our strategy for success this year. And that is, we hope they're going to get better. And I keep saying it over and over. The email referenced it. Hope is not a strategy. You have to assume they're going to be what we've seen they are and upgrade where you can based on what what they've been. And if if you can't upgrade and they end up being – certain players end up being better because they get coached up. And I think we have a great coaching staff right now. I'm, I'm perfectly willing to believe that they're going to help, especially some of these pitchers. But if you can upgrade over what they've done, I think you do it. And if you can't, you just got to have to assume that they're going to do what, what we've seen them do because it's – you're just deluding yourself if you think that that is going to be the primary way you improve the team. And so I agree. I, you know, I'm tried not to read too much into it the first time I read that piece, but the more I look at it and the more you say that all you think about all the players from this garbage team that are coming back, I'm starting to lose uh, some of that hope, Bill. Yeah, me too. I mean, the, the 20, the 20 number just, when I read that, it, it, it freaked me out, you know, I can't name five guys on this team. Yeah, yeah, I could name five that I'd want to bring back, but I sure the hell couldn't bring name twenty I'd want to bring back. Joey Votto. Yep. Eugenio Suarez. Billy yep. Hamilton. Nope. Jesse Winker. B- Billy Hamilton. Bill. Chad, move on. <laughs> There's your records. Your record. Your record stuck. Somebody give that that jukebox a bump. Okay. So, um, Votto, Suarez, Winker, Castillo, Barnhart, Barnhart. That's five. Molly. Uh, Molly. Um. Uh, Hughes. That's seven. Iglesias. Uh, Hernandez. Hernandez. Iglesias. I, would, I wouldn't put Hernandez on there. I would put Iglesias. Okay. So I've got eight. Uh, You've got possibly nine. Lorenzen. Lorenzen. Disclafani. Disclafani's ten. I know. Yeah, he, he would be on, he'd be on my list. Yeah, I think so. you got to presume health, which you can't with him, but Shebler. Shebler would not be on my Shebler wouldn't be on my automatic bring back list. No, well, I, mean, I don't. I don't know that it, he's a, he's okay. I don't know that any of these are on my automatic bring back list except for yeah. Suarez. I guess Shebler. Yeah, I guess Shebler. Yeah, 
But okay, so that's like eleven guys. So that's okay. So that's eleven out of twenty-five. You and everybody else, I'd be looking to replace yeah. if I could find somebody. Maybe Amir Garrett. I don't know. But I'm uh, also looking to upgrade over Shebler. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I don't mind having him around. Would rather him be my fourth outfielder. Well, and some of these guys that we named, you know, if if, if uh, doesn't mean I wouldn't trade them if I could package, you know, put put a big package together. Right. You know, if I could get the key, you know one of those guys out of Cleveland, um, Scooter. <sighs> Let's not even talk about it right now. But uh, I, he's a, he's a difficult. A, a difficult discussion. He is, he is. But I'm out. I'm out looking for free agents. I'm out looking for trades. You know, I want Nick Senzel here immediately. I want. Uh, you know, you got to find a place for Shed Long or trade him. You got to uh, Tony Santillan. I think can, I think he's can be a starter in Cincinnati. Uh, you know, I truth of the matter is, I would have Ted Trammell here by July one. Um, It'll be interesting to see if if with with. The, what the seeming to be a change in philosophy if guys move through the system faster. We'll see. I don't know. I don't have any way to judge that. So, But we just came up with like 11 guys. 12 if you include Scooter. If and that's include, a long – and even 13 if you include Hernandez. Yeah, Scooter, Shebler, and Hernandez. It's like 10 or 13. With, yeah. With, with, that's a long way from 20. Yeah. Yeah, there are guys that are guaranteed spots on this roster that have no business being guaranteed spots on this roster. Right. I, I couldn't agree more. So, finally, we agree on something. But, yeah, I, I think you'd get tired of being wrong. <laughs> you'd think so. <laughs> um, all right, let's uh, see what uh, we got. Uh, here, here's an interesting uh, question. and I th- It's Peter, Peter Sam's, we've already answered one of his today, but I thought this was a question that was that took some thinking for me. And I'm interested to see what you think about it. Peter asks, who do you think will be the Reds' best starting pitcher next year? Or the best Reds starting pitcher is the way you worded it. Besides Luis Castillo and any free agent pitcher they might sign. Who is the best returning Reds starting pitcher, I guess is what the question is, other than Castillo? If if I had to make a bet, I would say Molly. That That was going to be my answer. And, and you know, and the good thing is, he and Romano are only twenty three and twenty four. You know, and and I know you say hope isn't a plan, but you you assume that they're going to get better. Now, and yeah. and I and I think with this new pitching coach, with his proven track record, you know, it's not as large a you know, it's not as big a dream as it has been in the past that these guys are going to get better. Well, a guy like Malley, who's you know pre. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Peak of his career, you know. He's not in the, he's not in his prime years necessarily just yet. A guy like that is you would expect to, to improve certainly. And I don't think that's a that's hope. It's hoping for guys like uh, you know Disclafani, to right. be something other than what he is. Or, Homer or Homer or <laughs> you know really just about or everybody. Harvey uh, or Matt Harvey. I mean you know I think uh, I would love to. I really do would be interested to see what. Uh, Derek Johnson, the new pitching coach, can do with Matt Harvey if that ends up being the case. It'd be interesting to see what happens. But, man, if you're counting on him being anything other than what we saw last year, then it's just hope. You're just hoping. Um, What do you think about him with somebody like Cody Reed or or Robert? And I know know, we've both given up on Robert Stevenson, but the Reds haven't. Right. No, I think think, uh, of the guys that are coming back, 
Reed and Stevenson are the two guys that I think stand to benefit the most from the new pitching coach regime here. Um, and again, I don't think I'm at the point where I'm expecting much of anything from either. But if either can come become even somewhat reliable major league starting pitchers, that's huge. That's I mean that's or or major league pitchers. They don't have to be starters to help this team. I agree. I agree. I don't see how Stevenson can pitch out of the bullpen. He just walks too many guys. Reed, I think, can be a shutdown reliever, but I was still holding out hope he can be a starter too. So right, yeah. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think that's going to be fa- fascinating to watch. I think your best bet is that Mally is going to be the best of the Reds returners, other than Castillo. Although I would not be surprised one bit if Anthony DiScafani is the answer to that question. Uh, you know, it's always can he stay healthy, and he has never been able to. And I'm not going to assume he is, but if he's healthy, I could see him being, you know, the best Reds returner other than Castillo. But I, I'm I'm still just extremely high on Mally. I saw nothing from him last year that made me think this guy's not a future, you know, number two guy in the big league. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he hit, he hit a wall. He hit a wall, and what was it, July? Yeah. But you know, and you and I have we've been saying this as long as we've been doing these. Mm-hmm. Young young guys struggle. They do. He's 22 years old. His first taste of the big leagues, basically. So if he hadn't struggled, we'd have a Hall of Famer on our hands. I still think we got a really good pitcher there, and I'm really excited to see what he does. And uh, I saw him signing a lot of autographs for kids at Reds Fest the other day, so he seems like a nice guy. He was, like, stopping everywhere he walked. People were, but he was uh, picking out kids, the kids, to sign for them. So Working on that pub. No, Working on that right. pub. Hey, got to do it, man. Got to do it. <laughs> All right, one more question here, um, and uh, this is a this is a long question, um, but I'm going to go ahead and do this one, and then we'll try to sort of get out of here. It's a question from uh, Rich Thompson. Rich, uh, first and foremost, I want to congratulate you and Doug uh, for what will undoubtedly be a beautiful merger for Red Leg Nation. Um, been a follower for both my sites. Is it a merger? It's not a merger, no. Uh, Doug's just taking okay. over. Doug's not giving up. No. Doug's not closing down Reds minor leagues. They're going to be independent sites. Continue to be okay. independent sites. Um, at least that's Doug's plan for now. I don't know if he decides to change it down the road, but that's not. he says no. He says he wants Reds minor leagues to be a, its own independent entity. Because it's got a little bit of a separate audience, you know, that, that niche. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, part of my morning reads before I delve into my daily responsibilities here at the College of William & Mary. The alma mater of the nation, he says, here in beautiful Williamsburg, Virginia. What do you think about that, Bill? That was one of our, uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, when I was at Miami, what do they call it? The, 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 the schools that you parallel yourselves to? Oh, they thought they were like William and Mary? Yeah, okay. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Anyway. Um, for, for some things. There you go. Well, all I know about it is that uh, the, the person who created the greatest university uh, on earth, actually graduated from William & Mary, and that's Thomas Jefferson, who created the University of Virginia. Mm. All right, so anyway, Rich Thompson, uh, Rich says... I thought Ralph Sampson did. Oh, well, basically, yes. He put him (laughs) on the map. Like you and many other Reds fans, I actually have a sense of optimism, unlike previous off-seasons due to the new changes they made throughout the organization, but I believe the starting pitching has to be addressed this off-season for the Reds to be competitive. I believe it would be amazing if the Reds could sign the likes of a Dallas Keuchel, but I think it would be a challenge to attract and sign any top-tier free agent pitcher due to the Reds' track record of being a sub-500 team of late. If this grand plan fails, how do you feel about the Reds targeting some mid-tier talent via free agency, 
like Trevor Cahill, as Doug recommends, or possibly Gio Gonzalez. Uh, secondly, I too believe that the Reds will likely have to trade some of their minor league assets to acquire a second arm. This is where my opinion might be different. If the Reds can't obtain a top arm via free agency, I wouldn't necessarily go all in and empty the farm system to, to obtain the likes of a Norris Indergaard or Zach Grinke, for I feel the Reds are a couple years away from being a true playoff contender. However, if the Reds are in the playoff hunt near the trade deadline, I consider emptying the cupboard to obtain the best possible arm available. <sighs> so, um, thoughts about that uh, series of uh, questions and statements, Bill? Uh, Let me say this. Yeah, I think the Reds should be looking for trade to trade and free agency. They got to do everything here. I think they need to sign one and bring, and trade for another. That's I think that's best case scenario. If they don't get a guy like a Keiko, one of the top ones, sure they should try to uh, target mid tier talent. Trevor Cahill Cahill improves the Reds' rotation, but I think that's a fallback, and I think it's a disappointment if that's all they're able to do. But you know, maybe you sign a mid tier guy. But trade for a good a good pitcher, a better guy. You know, some variation of that would work. Um, what do you think about his uh, thoughts that you don't? He wouldn't empty the farm system for a Cindergard. I'd empty the farm system for Cindergard. Uh, I don't think I'd do it for Granky. No, not at Granky's age. Um, <laughs> and we're on his no trade list, so. Yeah, but that that can change. But, yeah, that, uh, that money buys that away. Honey talks. But Cindergard is going to be 26 this year. That's that's the reason yeah. I'm with Cindergard. I think that he's got three years of uh, team control left. Uh, 18, 19, 20, 20, five years of team control, I guess. Actually, no, yeah, no, but... 19, 20, 21, four years. Um, I'm good at I'm good at mathing. Math is hard. <laughs> yes, um, I would. As Barbie said. <laughs> empty the farm system. Uh, yeah, what does that mean? No, I don't ye. want to truly empty the farm system, but I'm willing to trade anyone for Noah Syndergaard. Uh, there's no one that I, is not part of that deal. If I agree. If that's what it takes to get him. I mean, I'm not talking about let's trade, you know, 30 guys for him. Um, let's trade. Yeah, I'm not saying I'd get my. I'm not saying I'd get our top four guys. Right. But they should all be in the conversation, and let's negotiate something. Absolutely. Because I think this is a guy that you put at the front of the rotation. Yes, there are injury concerns, but they're going to be with any starting pitcher. I think at yep. some point you got to go get a guy like that. I, you know, I, 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 want, I wouldn't mind seeing him go try to really work uh, and empty in the farms. I don't like that term, but let's trade some guys for Corey Kluber from Cleveland. Um, that's, yep. a, that's a guy that I'd like to see. So, yes. I'll drive up and pick him up. That's right. Absolutely. I will. I, <laughs> well, you now get in the car. We'll head right up and get him. Help, well, yeah. Help him load the U-Haul. Yep. Um, or we can drive the U-Haul filled with cash that Bob Castellani gives to us up there to him. So it'd be a whole bunch of money. Uh, so I, I do appreciate the question, Rich, and I think you're right. Uh, by and large, I, I just think I think the Reds have got to be very creative. They got to do everything they can to hash Brown get the pitching this off season. So I'm excited, but man, if we come into if we come into the spring and they don't have any of these guys we're talking about. And they haven't signed any kind of a free agent, um, or made any kind of splashy deal. Any kind of a trade, yeah. Then they're going to be going into the season with the same team as last year, or if they just go out and get some mid-tier pitcher, they go Trevor Cahill's the only guy they get. No trades, nothing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it's Cahill and, and Harvey. And, and no trades for anywhere else, uh, any other. No trades for a center fielder. No trades for anything else. 
<laughs> I, I'm not going to be buying tickets next year. I'll, I'll put it that way. Because you it, won't it, be a happy, you won't be a happy camper. I won't be, and and, and I have this dumb little uh, podcast that we can complain about it every week. And people apparently listen somehow. I don't know why. Um, thanks for the question, Rich. Uh, if you want to have your question uh, answered on viewer mail, you can email me at chad dotson at redlegnation dot com, and uh, we'll try to get it on again. The the best way to get your question on the air, short and pithy. Short, short is the key. Keep it keep it quick. Keep it punchy. Um, yeah, if if, it, if it's a hundred and fifty word question. It's too long. It's just tough. I've, we've got four or five still on our from past week still on our viewer mail document here that we use, and they're all so long. It's just hard to get into them. So, um, if you keep them short, um, punchy, funny, if you can, give us your name, and uh, we'll try to get them on. Bill, uh, we, at, we at Red Leg, we at Red Leg Nation reserve the right to edit your question for brevity. <laughs> for brevity, absolutely. I'm gonna let you do all the editing. Um, <laughs> Doug does the editing for RedLegNation.com anymore. I don't have to do that anymore. So, all right, let's uh, let's get out here. What do you think? Uh, one more thing before we get out. Um, we talked about the coaching staff, and I know you guys talked about it last week also. And when we, and when we talked about it a couple of weeks, when you and I talked about it, we, we one of the guys we talked about was Freddie Benavides. And who's our new bench coach? Freddie Benavides. Freddie Benavides. Yeah. You, you didn't like that. And, did you? and you and when I when, and when I saw it announced, I sent you a text. I think and said that you know I had a real problem with it. And there was an article by Bobby Nightingale on on the twenty eighth of November that, that he kind of explained what happened. Um, and Bell says quoted as saying, "I have a major comfort level with Freddie. He has great experience in the game." Blah blah blah. But then it also says, I worked for Freddie when he was a field coordinator. Going into a situation where I have a comfort level with the bench coach, that's going to be really important. So that's where that came from, I think, yeah. that he worked for Benavides in the past. And we suggested when we were talking, they surely they worked together. That must have been. At some point. Yeah. The other thing I thought was interesting in this article, though, was the Reds had hired Julio Rangel as, as their bullpen coach earlier, but he later took a pitching coach job with the Rangers, which means that, you know, they were really – trying to improve this coaching staff right up to all the hires. They'd also, uh, they, they made an offer to Jared Sandberg to be the bench coach. Yeah, I and he ended that, up, yeah. yeah, he ended up taking a job with Seattle as a major league field coordinator. So, I mean, they were, they, they were really aiming for the sky with the coaching staff. I think so, you know, hopefully, you know, this will all work out and, and things will work out well. Well, there are two ways to look at it. They, they did. They really did everything I would have asked them to do in terms of going and getting this coaching staff in place, the manager and coaching staff. And I have no problems whatsoever with the people they hired or the, the, the process they used to get these guys. It was first class. It was exactly as I would expect a big league organization to do. Now, if they follow a similar path and go all out and try to acquire upgrades at various positions and make the team better on the field, then we're going to know it's something new here. If it's just we're going to put in really good coaches and hope they can coach them up, you know, and so that we can go cheap on the player acquisition side, that's when I've got a problem. And we'll, we will know by March which uh, which way which way they're going here. We'll know before March. Well, I, I, I should have said by the beginning of spring training. Yeah. Um, um, so... I don't know. You know, they said they're going to increase the payroll, but the payroll was going to increase anyway. Yeah. 
So, Hash Brown, get Bryce Harper. If they just go out and sign Bryce Harper and then uh, sign Dallas Keuchel. And who else we want? Uh, they can make a trade for that Trout guy. Trade for Trout. Uh, listen, I will not complain. I'll be happy if they do that. You might even buy season tickets. Very possible. Very possible. <laughs> All right, that's Red Lake Nation Radio, episode number 240. I'm Chad Dotson. He's Bill Lack. You can find us at Red Leg Radio on Twitter. You can find uh, each of us. I'm at Dotson C. He's at Bill Red Leg N. Uh, we're here every single week on the podcast. You can find us at iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, everywhere you find your podcast. We're there. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. It does help people find us. Uh, one of these weeks, I'm going to go in there and pick out some of these new, newer reviews that are funny. And uh, if you give us a five-star review, I'm going to try to read that on the air. Um, Bill, always fun talking Cincinnati Reds with you, buddy. You're always right. I am always right. For Bill Lack <laughs> and Bryce Harper, this is Chad Dotson saying, Hash Brown, so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.